Vijay, financial advisor, business owner, and host of It's More Than Money podcast. Kai is a real, honest, and passionate about helping to understand that a human's worth is not what they have in the bank or the possessions they own, but what is inside of them. When people know what they value most, Kai believes that creating a plan for financial success becomes a much simpler and more effective process. With money having such an emotional charge around it, we have all obsessed over it, worried about it and consumed our lives with trying to earn or create more of it. Kai wants to show people that they are actually capable of and how their money could work for them. He shows them there is no need to worry about their finances now or for the future they want to see for themselves. A staunch advocate for defining and measuring success in own terms, Kai speaks about the need to use our money in ways that are meaningful to each of us. Rather than following outdated philosophies or opinions on what should be done with our money to live a successful life. So in today's episode, let us chat with uh, Kai Harris on an interesting topic, reprogramming your money memory. This is the Guiding Voice podcast series, the Guiding Voice for a better future. Folks, I'm your host, Navin Samala. Just a fellow IT professional on a mission to shape the careers and lives of millions across the globe. Through the Guiding Voice, we help successful leaders and passionate entrepreneurs share their knowledge and wisdom with the world so that our audience will acquire more knowledge by tuning into the Guiding Voice for every minute than any other podcast in this space. Thank you so much for joining me. And uh, we are pleased to have Kai part of TGV's journey in shaping the careers and lives of millions across the globe. Kai, I'm super excited to have you. Hearty welcome to The Guiding Voice. Thank you so much, Naveen, for having me on. It's right. lovely to be here, so I appreciate the invite. Yeah, pleasure, pleasure to have you, Kai. Let's uh, get started with the uh, conversation. Maybe you can briefly share your career journey and the top three things that have helped you so far. Yeah, well, absolutely. Let's see if we can get some wisdom flowing here for all the listeners. <laughs> Give them something great to walk away with. Okay, well, for me, I went through the usual channels. I was in university and I completed university uh, with a banking and finance degree and then went straight into the finance industry out of university. So I was initially in banking and through banking, I just started to get a little bit bored with it. But I really wanted to get into financial planning. That was my initial preference. And I want to get into investment advice. And I knew this is where I really wanted to be. And I actually fronted up. I went up to a financial planning business, which was near the bank I was working with at the time. And I handed in my application for a job. They didn't advertise. They weren't advertising for anyone, didn't necessarily need anyone. But I basically kept hounding them for a job. And I followed them up week after week. And eventually, I got the job there. And I was really excited about getting into the industry, you know, the inner workings of investment markets and making money for people. And from there, it was just um, early 2000s, really early 2000s. It's all been financial planning since then. But um, that's broadened as the years have gone by. I've gone put an incredible amount of work into always searching for more because the conversations with people in around the share market and investment performance and economic updates, it just became uh, too simplistic for me. It was lacking depth in its own right. So in my, I guess, quest for more, more depth and substance to the money conversations, because I knew people weren't seeing me just to know what they should do with their money. There was more to it. So it was, I guess it was somewhat of a, a research campaign that went on by me, trialling different conversation strategies, 
I created workshops I could do with people. I was asking better questions to open them up to what was most meaningful for them. I was exploring what people's values and priorities are and generally just working through the emotional aspects of what people really want in life. Because what I came to discover is that beyond all the aspects of money, people want more than just what money can provide. There's a, there's a greater need and a greater desire behind that. So what I need to do and what I eventually got to is to help people get ultra clear for themselves and what they really want. Because often people will come in saying, I want to know what I should do with the money. What should I invest in? We want to have a million dollars or whatever it may be. But as I dug around and asked all the right questions, I discovered that it wasn't just the money aspects I wanted to know about. So we dug deeper and I've got a process in around that and I learned a great deal from hundreds of people over the years as to what it is they really want and what it takes to do what you need to do with your money to realize the life that you actually want to have. So the three things that have helped me so far that were born, I guess, out of that research was the um, hat, honesty, authenticity, and truth, and beta, which is belief, emotionally connected or have emotional charge, discipline and decisiveness, and action. So there's a a fair bit in those, but I'll just some very brief things where, so honesty, authenticity, and truth, it's about helping people discover what it is that really matters, being honest with themselves, helping them be honest, honest with themselves about what they're good at and what they're not. So if you're bad with money, it's okay. We can show you how to be better with it. Not everyone's just great at everything. And there's this, this assumption that people are great with money, but we're not because we've never been taught it. Authenticity, so connecting with it is, it is your, uh, your true self. What is it you really love doing rather than what are you doing because you feel that's what you should do? And truth, what is the truth behind you, who you really are, what you love, and what it is we can do to discover what matters most? So those three concepts in particular are part of that process. And then belief, helping them change their beliefs around money. And they're going to set goals. There's an emotional connection there. There's no point setting a goal to save money if it's for no purpose that creates an energized charge to it. So there's got to be goals that have an emotional connection. Discipline and decisiveness. So if you are clear on what you really want, you can't set a goal and not be disciplined to achieving that goal. Otherwise, it will never happen. And that decisiveness comes about really where you can clearly say, yes, this is what I want after we've worked through that process of understanding your beliefs, your values, and those sorts of things. And then, of course, you've got to take action. You can't just sit there and let it happen. So they're the two things. I don't have three, but I've got two that actually um, have helped me so far. So I've followed what I've just said, and I've also integrated that with connecting with people and clients when I help them as well. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I, I loved uh, both of them. Hat and B-E-D-A. Wonderful. Hat, so, yep. <laughs> I've got this thing like wear your hat with pride, honesty, authenticity, and truth, who you are. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with others and go for it because if we're not honest with ourselves, we end up going down a path that we don't really like. Yeah. We end up dissatisfied and unfulfilled. Uh, yeah, Con- concur with you. I think honesty and authenticity, they- they'll take the relation longer, actually, like in terms of taking it further and further. In case if you are not honest, probably the relation might end very soon. So I <laughs> echo with you. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's um, some of it can be hard. Yeah. And being honest with ourselves is one of the hardest things. Yeah. But it's most definitely worth it. Yeah. All right. So moving on and jumping to the finance uh, topic. So how are your finances handled in your family when you were growing up and what made you to start 
coaching people on finances and managing finance as well? Well, I have to say poorly. Finances were handled poorly in my family growing up. And I say that without judgment. It's just a, an honest observations. But my parents did what they knew how to do. And I, I know we're going to probably cover cover this off soon enough. They did what they knew how to do. They did their best with the beliefs that they had. And they tried to change and they sought advice and they did different things to improve their financial situation. But, you know, looking back on it, it was. It was, you know, managing money, making money and handling life more broadly. It was um, there's so much more I wish I could go back and tell my mum and dad to do differently. Just not only for me, but to help them, to help them feel better about their life and what they're accomplishing. So money overall was portrayed as, as pretty scarce. Everything felt like it was um, was sort of measured and there was comments like, I uh, couldn't afford it or um, anything new that was bought, which was rare. We rarely got anything new. When it was though, when it did come about, it was it was quite a big deal. And we hung on to, I guess, that new thing like it was we could never replace it. It had to last forever. So there's that scarcity mindset, very common what I've come across with people over the last 20 years. And I remember one thing in particular, my parents started a business. And I remember the stress and pressure around that rather than the exciting opportunity it was. But, you know, they they were creating something. This was part of what they could do. It was theirs. And they went just an employee, for example. So there was generally a real sense of shortage and fear around money. And this was also despite the fact my dad worked incredibly hard and countless hours, almost, you know, 20, 30 hours at a time, not just for a week, but even just he used to do shift work. And the rewards for that never really showed up. And that was materially and emotionally. Then it's never, there wasn't a lot of joy in the house and also wasn't a lot of sort of free flowing money and experiences. So, yeah, the, the um, upbringing was about scarcity and, I guess what I took out of that is, for me personally, that search of truth. So what I said before about honesty, authenticity, and truth, that's the, I guess, the mission I've been on for 20, 25 years now, and that search of truth. So firstly, how do I help clients realize a deeper truth to what they really want and get them separated from the worries and concerns they have around money? And then can once they know that truth of what they really want, connect them back with what money actually has to do for them. So I went on that search myself and it's sort of this ebb and flow, this energy exchange between how I was helping clients, what I was learning from them, and also what I was learning from myself and then applying it to meetings and all those sorts of things and coaching and guiding people. So I guess through my own pains and you know some sort of struggles in there, I wanted to see better, not only for the people I was helping, but also for myself. And that it all integrated into that coaching that I now do. And one of the sayings I've got, which is might not might be familiar where you are. It's called practice what you preach. Yeah, I flipped that around, and it's preach what you have put into practice. Yeah, because that's true wisdom. Trial and error. You've been through it all. 10, 20 years later, you go, oh, okay, this is what's worked for me. Yeah. So I didn't just, not just reading a book and then teaching it, putting into practice, uh, preaching what you have put into practice, and that's what I've done. Yeah. Simply love the statement, preaching what you practice. Yeah, many many times it's the other way around. Like people just go through some framework and then start teaching yeah. without them implementing. But if we are doing it ourselves, then we'll be more confident, and even clients will also believe in uh, that particular thing, right? Yeah, I mean, you could we could read a diet or yeah. a nutrition program. We can read it every day and every week, and then when six months later we know that nutrition program off by heart, and we could 
somewhat teach that to people. Yeah. But if we haven't actually done it, if we haven't actually put it into practice, and we don't really know the effects of it, we don't really know what works and what doesn't. So yeah. anything like this, it becomes a case of preaching what you have put into practice, and that's mm-hmm. where true wisdom is, and that's when you can truly, yeah. authentically, and honestly share with people what actually works and what doesn't by your own experience. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. Moving on, what do you believe about earning money? Like, uh, do you think time creates money or value? I believe our earn- everybody's earning capacity is actually infinite, and this sense of ownership, segmentation, barriers and guidelines and control over money actually paralyzes the free-flowing nature of it. What we need to do as individuals is just open up our perspective to it. And we all have the same amount of hours to work in a day. There's no magic to riches compared to the, the apparent lack of that we have. Some people don't have a gift or a great run of luck that we don't. And that's the reason why we're not wealthy and others are. It's actually our beliefs. It's our mindset that dict- dictates how maturely rich, materially rich we are or we aren't. And this era that we're now in, and it's only going to get better, the sources of information we have access to. I'm not too sure for yourself um, the sources of information that you might have had 20 years ago. For us, where I live, we had four TV stations and the local newspaper. That was it. 20 years on, where we are now, there's YouTube, there's Google. There's podcasts like we're on now. The infinite wisdom gets exchanged in, in these podcast episodes, Zaveen. And then we've got social media. And so we can get access to anything. And I think that's what's opened not only the world up to everyone, but it's opened up possibilities. It's actually enabled people to access different information and go, you know what? I can actually do that too. It's not just what I've come to believe. So for me, we all have infinite earning capacity. It's up to adjusting our mindset and believing differently. And the value of money. And the time value of money, it's in the create, it's the time in creating it. It really is. We all want the Bitcoin moment. We invest one day with next to no money and we become a multimillionaire the very next day or the next week. It's kind of this all or nothing or don't this don't bother approach. I can't if I can't get it all now, then I don't want to do it. But we have to work at it. We have to open up our minds to a more abundant point of view of the world, seeing how much opportunity there actually is to then take aligned action. And that action could be, for example, like consistently and persistently investing money over time. And there's countless examples of people who have earned very little money, but they keep investing consistently uh, consistently over 30 to 40 years, and they die with millions of dollars. There's heaps of stories like that around the world. So it's time. It's about investing over time, being consistent and persistent, and changing our mindset around that as well. Excellent. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for those uh, insights. Now I have an interesting question, Kai. So if you were given $1 million, okay, <laughs> would you tell people and how would you spend that money? I love this question. And these are sorts of questions I ask people as well. Uh, short answer, no, I wouldn't tell people because uh, yeah, people just come out of everywhere. and you, you have new friends you never thought you had. So I wouldn't tell anybody. And what I would do is I would, of course, have fun. And that fun to me would be traveling. And with all sincerity, it'd be uh, traveling to meet with people like yourself. I've met a lot of people through podcasts, Naveen, and I'd love to catch up with them. We've had COVID, obviously, but I'd love to catch up with them face-to-face because that's how we connect as people and that's how we learn and that's how we become better versions of ourselves. So I'd be investing in that, which is investing in the work that I'm doing right now. 
and people that are aligned with that same work, like your podcast, TGV. That's awesome work. You're trying to help people improve their lives. And I want to be part of that, so to be investing in the travel to connect with those those sorts of people. You know, what I believe with that money too is like where we can invest not only in ourselves and where we're connecting with others, then that's an investment in those people too. And we, because we're capable of so much more as a collective, but also as individuals, and money is just really a byproduct of life. And when we come to that realisation, we actually give ourselves space to wake up to the truth within and experience life more fulfilling rather than just chasing money. So two things, no, I wouldn't tell anyone. Second thing was I'd invest in this work I'm already doing. All right. So you, you're so clear about your thoughts and all. And uh, I, I love that the investing in the work we are doing and meeting people face to face, obviously like the connect, the way we can establish the connect and supporting each other by sharing the knowledge and wisdom, that would be amazing. All right. Yeah, now, absolutely. Yeah. Now let's talk about the financial planning. Typically 20s is the core age, right? But um, that that's going to decide the fate of um, somebody's uh, financial status for the rest of the life and all. So from your experience, talking to various clients across the globe and all, what are some common mistakes that people in 20s are doing when it comes to financial planning? First and foremost, I believe that the greatest thing that's missing for anybody, myself included, potentially yourself, Naveen, I'm not sure, but for those in their 20s, it's what they've been taught about money or not taught about money. Now, the education that people generally have is incredibly short-sighted. It's a, it's like a production line is churning out well-educated students academically from textbooks and theories created from our past that fit into what our antiquated sort of bureaucratic system believe is the way forward for humankind. But, you know, it definitely has its place. So we, we need these educations, absolutely. What's really needed over and above all that is real-life experiences Education on topics like we're talking about, money beliefs. So, for example, my son, um, we've bought him a, a small boat to go fishing in and he's, he's had his bikes and things like that. And we've taught him to and showed him through the process of actually buying those things. So when he becomes an adult, he knows about saving money. He knows about how to prioritise what you spend money on versus just buying things that don't mean anything and all those sorts of things. And that's what's missing. And we don't teach people, uh, children and uh, those in their 20s, they throw, they sort of find fulfillment through quick gains. So little adrenaline hits like shopping and new cars or a new phone, all those material aspects that don't really set us up for any true joy in life. So that's one part that's missing. That's not necessarily a mistake of 20-year-olds, but that's something I would encourage them to start reading into and applying to adjust their own thinking on a more practical level. There's uh, a couple of things in particular that uh, those in their 20s need to do. One, create a compelling vision for their own lives. So making sure that vision is compelling to them. It's not about being the next tech mogul, next sort of Facebook creator or YouTube sensation. And it's not about uh, a vision where you just complete a college degree according to what your family or what your parents might have wanted, but you really don't. So the compelling vision could be something so simple that you just want to put the backpack on and travel around the world for 12 months. That's all it needs to be, but it has to be yours. It's got to be owned. And then I'll go back to what we said earlier about having an emotional charge to it, something that's meaningful to you. So get that compelling vision for your life. That's number one. Second thing is once you know that and once you're clear on that vision, 
you then have got an idea what you've got to do with your money. So you make a plan and you make a commitment to what you need to do with your money. So if you need $5,000 to put the backpack on and travel around the world for 12 months, then you know you've got to make sure you put $100 a week every week aside under the mattress into an account, into an investment of some kind. So commitment to that process. And then most importantly, the third thing is you've got to be consistent. So unwavering. And if you really have uh, created a compelling vision for your life, then the commitment and then the persistency, or sorry, the consistency you apply behind that is going to be a whole lot easier. So it's a matter of, as I said, create a compelling vision. So get clear on the vision, get clear on what you really want, commit to it, set the plan, and then you've got to be consistent with that plan. I love that tip of uh, saving $100 a week. Yeah. I, I think it is one of the most efficient uh, techniques, right? Uh, unknowingly, we were mm-hmm. able to accumulate money and all. Excellent. All right. So yeah. <laughs> now let us switch the topic and talk about our thoughts and the relation with goals because I've gone through your profile and um, I found this uh, particular thing very interesting in terms of you sharing some thoughts around how can we become more aware of our thoughts and how the next believable thought takes us close to the goals and all. So can you shed some light around that? This is a huge topic. This is almost a whole episode in itself to be. (laughs) I'll keep keep it very brief. Uh, The way we think is really what creates our life as we see it and as we experience it. It's not the other way around. It's not life happens to us and then we've got to adjust and adapt and hopefully we can put our minds to it and we can achieve something in amongst all this mess and all these challenges that we have coming at us. It's not that way at all. It's actually we receive what we're actually thinking about. Now, when it comes to setting a goal, it often means you know, we're doing something that we're not familiar with because we set goals. We're naturally wired for growth and evolution. That's why we set goals. It's just that inherent DNA. And so that's why, for example, we're no longer sitting in caves and we have fire because we've evolved. We've had these goals and we've evolved as humankind. Now, when we have a goal, we're getting out of that familiar, that familiar zone. But as humans, in the way our brains work, we like being in the familiar. It's that comfort zone. So when we're not, the body shows us all sorts of signs like nervousness and anxiety and even being a little fearful. So what you need to be aware of here is there's two things at play. So when we've set a goal, the mind's kicking and going, whoa, hold up. This is all really new. What are you doing? What if it doesn't work? What if you fail? So it's kind of like setting off the danger alarms because something unfamiliar is getting brought into your imagination and your brain's responding to that, that primitive part of the brain. Now, it's just doing what it's being conditioned to do. That's what the brain is wired to do is keep us safe. And safe is being in the familiar. So the brain kind of on autopilot works like an electric fence. It just keeps us hemmed in, fenced in. Second thing is, and this is, a, uh, uh, I guess, a fairly abstract concept, but hopefully people understand, is we have, we all have a true self. So we have our mind self, that ego self that plays a role in who we think we are, and then we have a true self. And one that is separate from these limiting and negative beliefs that our mind has, that conditioning we have, which is we've touched on previously, you know, how we're brought up, what we experience, what we believe things are, what our values are. It's all impacted by our parents and our siblings and what we grew up with. And our mind overall is nothing more than just a program. It's much like the Microsoft program that might be on your computer. 
Now, what I want to point out here is that when you have the awareness that you've set a goal and you start to feel a bit nervous or there's a negative thought that comes in that starts to shut it down and says things like, oh, it's not possible. What are you doing? You can't do that. It's too hard. You're reaching too far. Those sorts of things that shut that idea down. There's also sometimes a feeling that comes with it, which is anxiety or nervousness. Now, what this feeling actually is, is it's actually your true self in competition with your mind. Your mind is shutting you down. Your true self wants you to live your dream. That's that feeling in the middle, that anxiety feeling or feeling like it's just not right, it's unsettling. So what I would say there is that people to be aware of exactly that because if you feel that feeling of anxious or you're feeling hesitant, doubt and all those sorts of things, that is the very sign that you're about to do something that your true self really wants for you because your true self is all about free expression exploration, expansion, involvement, growth, joy, happiness, all those really, really good things. So that's all you need to focus on. Your mind will tell you otherwise. It will keep you stuck in your hole. It will keep you in struggle. It will keep you in challenge. It will keep you doubtful. So that moment where you recognize that feeling of anxiety, unless, of course, you're about to jump off a cliff and almost face near certain death, that's a different sort of anxiety. (laughs) What I'm talking about here is... You know, when you you really want to go after something you want, you've imagined something that feels right, and in that split second, your mind kicks in and starts shutting that idea down. That is the moment you go, stop. I really want this. I'm going to go for it. Because that's what your true self really wants. It's the conditioning of our minds that will shut that down and keep you in the familiar, keep you in that bounds of that electric fence. I hope that makes sense. (laughs) Absolutely. It makes sense, actually. I love the analogy of... uh electric fence and all and definitely we Mm. will do one full-length episode on this uh, particular topic it seems (laughs) to be very interesting (laughs) make sure people have their coffee ready because it can be i do aim to always make it simplistic but it can be go some different roads that might need to be heard over and over again but it's a it's it's a good topic for sure yeah absolutely yeah we'll, we'll pick it up for sure all right, so moving on, maybe let's add some spice to this uh, episode. Uh, <laughs> I like some spice to vein. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, India is uh, rich, rich in uh, spices. You might be aware, right? We, we find yeah. a lot of spices yeah. here. <laughs> Actually, right. when I say spice, I don't mind a little bit of spice, not too much, very mild. <laughs> but when it comes to questions, yeah, spicy the better. <laughs> I'll, I'll try my best. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let me kick sure off the spicy rapid fire round. Yep. <laughs> what, what, was your childhood, yeah, what was your childhood fantasy, Kai? I wanted to own my own truck. <laughs> I loved trucks. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? If there's any, where there's so much riches in my possession, I'll probably will buy one. I'll mm-hmm. fulfill that childhood fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if I win that million dollars, like you said before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. yeah. Moving on. Uh, would you rather find your dream job or win the lottery? Dream job. Spot on. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> no wavering <laughs> from that one. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. Uh, do you think you would make a good spy? Absolutely not. <laughs> Terrible spy. <laughs> I like the idea of it. I like people. I like the idea of calling people out on their lies and their mistruths and that. Yeah, but no, mm. I'd be a terrible spy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Moving on to the next one. Any funny incident in life that you will never forget? Yeah. So that job I told you about, where I left the bank, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the environment and I got a bit excited and I sent a, an email, a joke to all staff in the office. And there was a couple of people in the office that really shouldn't have got the joke, shouldn't have received the email. And a gentleman in the office came over to me and goes, you realise you sent that to everybody? I went, oh, no. <laughs> so there was this scramble to um, delete the email from this certain lady's inbox and she happened to be away. So it worked out okay. Lesson learned. <laughs> Always check who you're sending your email to. I still do it to this day. <laughs> that, that happens. I, I remember one incident actually during my early stage in the career. One of uh, uh, one of uh, our uh, colleagues has sent a new email, and I, I replied all, and immediately I received an email <laughs> from my super boss saying that no reply all on these kind of emails. Oh, <laughs> oh, whoops! I'm sure there's like just about. Every person in the world has had that experience. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right. It's definitely had a long-lasting effect. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I still remember that. Right. Yeah, there you go. All <laughs> right. A, so moving it's like on, a, it's like a big slap on the wrist, isn't it? Like, okay, I've, I've got it. I won't do that again. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Let me fire the last bullet out of the rapid fire. What is one electronic gadget that you'd like to see or invent yourself? I'd have to think about that one more generally, but the first thing that would come up for me was a renewable energy source that is the silver bullet. It seems no. to be a debate that's going to go on for a very long time about what is yeah. really renewable energy. There doesn't seem to be a solution right now. So, yeah, if I could invent something or see yeah. it invented, I think that would solve a lot of problems and a lot of issues, a lot of debates. Energy source that is the silver bullet. Much needed, actually. Much needed. With yeah, the growing absolutely. needs of electricity, with the growing needs of fuel and all, right? So I think renewable sources are going to be the way. Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yep. Yep. Uh, silver bullet would be great for that. That's for sure. <laughs> absolutely. All right. So that was a fascinating rapid fire. And uh, yeah. that, let's go that back good. to That's good. I like that, <laughs> <laughs> Same here, Kai. I loved all your responses. And uh, let's you. go back to the mainstream. And I'll ask you one final question for today's conversation. So, Kai, what will be your one piece of advice to those aspiring to make big in their careers? I would say go for it. Hold nothing back. And that voice in your head that keeps casting doubt over your ability to make it big, kick it in the butt, move it on. Trust in your own intuition. Trust in that first second where that idea feels so good. Follow that impulse. Go for it. No. That's nice because many people just have a lot of ideas, but they don't execute. They just yeah. don't move forward. Yeah, Taking a first step is important. All right. Yeah. That was uh, lovely, lovely uh, stuff. And uh, Kai, thank you so much for joining me today. And it was a wonderful conversation. Thanks again for your time. Really loved every bit of it. And I'm sure audience will uh, learn from this episode and make big. I hope so too. Thank you very much for your questions, Naveen. I loved them. Thank you very much for having me on. All right, so pleasure to host you, Kai. And uh, folks, before we move into the trivia section, here is a request to you. Please subscribe to us from the app where you are tuned in from so that you'll be notified about future episodes. Also, if you have loved this conversation and found it useful, request you to share with at least three of your friends or colleagues who can benefit from the guiding voice. Thank you so much in advance. Now, let's cruise into the trivia segment of today's episode. So today we learned some um, tips around reprogramming the finance memory from Kai. And I thought I would share a trivia about money. You know, 
a majority of the us bills have traces of drugs on them in a study which happened in 2009 by chemist yugang yuo of uh, university of massachusetts dartmouth found that 85% to 95% of paper money in circulation contains traces of cocaine and uh, if you observe certain states like detroit los angeles miami boston and a few other major cities bill showed traces of cocaine 100% of the time and if you compare that with uh, china and japan the percentage was much lower at only 20% and 12% respectively <laughs> interesting isn't it likewise oh. if you have yes <laughs> <laughs> that's very interesting. <laughs> I right. think that's the the mic drop moment of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right. So so folks in case if you have any specific topics to be covered on the guiding voice please let us know. Also if you have any speaker suggestions uh, you can drop me a note on the guiding voice for you at gmail.com or reach out to me on any of the social media platforms by Navin Samala. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm your host Navin, a fellow IT professional and a passionate learner on a mission to make a difference in the careers and lives of millions across the globe. Until next time, bye-bye.